why don't you open up your Bibles, if you've got one, I hope you do, uh, to the Gospel of Mark. We'll be looking at chapter 10. Chapter 10, a couple, couple of verses, a few verses, uh, 13 to 16. So again, the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 10, starting from verse 13 all the way down to 16. Uh, Please follow along as I read. I'll be reading from uh, the English Standard Version. Verse 13. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. This is the word of God. Well, good morning. Uh, I just want to, I don't think we did this before. Can we turn to the people around us and say, uh, good morning, it's good to see you. Especially good to see friends and family of the infants that are being baptized here today. And today I'm going to unpack a little bit from Mark chapter 10, the passages we heard. And as you know, uh, we are celebrating baptism today. We have uh, seven infants uh, being baptized uh, into the covenant family of Kingsway Evangelical Church. And we've got these lights and we've got this decoration. We've got some food later on. All of this is because uh, for us today is a big deal. Today is really important because to us, children are really important. Now, in the time of Jesus, uh, this wasn't the case. Back, if we were to go back in time to the time of Mark chapter 10, when Jesus and the disciples were around, uh, children weren't considered as important, precious uh, little things that they are. The general uh, perception of children was that they were looked down upon. They weren't valued by society They were considered a burden. And that age between birth and until they became parents was was seen as an unavoidable period. It's like until they can work, I guess we've got to keep them around. You know, they're pretty useless, but oh well. And they just endure that age until they, they could get old enough to work and therefore contribute something to the family and bring some money in. And that's when they began to have some value. But until that age of adult maturity, they weren't valued at all, right? In the Roman culture, right, the Romans were the ones ruling over the Jewish people at the time. Um, They actually had uh, rubbish heaps at the side of their city. And parents could come and drop their children off at this rubbish heap and just leave them there to die or maybe figure it out on their own. And that wasn't considered a crime. That was considered normal, appropriate behavior. Right, and maybe someone else who was passing by might want a child and they would just take that child and raise them for their own. Right, that's the society that they lived in. And unfortunately, sometimes they would take the child to raise them as a slave or a prostitute or a, a gladiator. Right, again, so that's the context in which that we read Mark chapter 10. Right? General perception of children were that they were not valuable, a nuisance, a burden. Now, thankfully for us, We've come a long way since then, 
right? We don't kind of drop babies off in the middle of nowhere. And yet, even for us, depending on who you are and what season of life you're in, maybe depending on which home you step into, I think there is still um, a possibility for us to undervalue children. But I think some of us might even do that right now. We see children as a little bit of an inconvenience, as a burden, not that important. Now, one of my friends visited Sydney from Korea about a year ago, and he was telling me that in Korea, when you have a baby, they like throw money at you. And I don't know the exact details. You have a baby, they give you like a lump sum. I think it's over $1,000 of vouchers. It's like, you had a baby, thank you. And then every month they give you, I think it's like over $700. They throw money at you and both of the parents get a whole year of parental leave. And I heard they're bumping that up to 18 months. And he was telling me this and I was thinking, wow, I thought we had a good in Sydney. I should move to Korea and have a baby over there. But then he said this, he said, but still... People don't want to have babies. Even though money's being thrown at them. I don't know if you know, but I think, I'm fairly sure this is accurate. Korea has the lowest birth rate in the world. And I was like, why, why aren't people having babies when, you know, money's being thrown at you? Like, oh, oh, like money, money, money. And he's like, because babies are an inconvenience to my career and my comfort. Because right? I want to advance, because I want to be happy, because I want to be comfortable, and babies are a little bit annoying, people don't want babies. Right? People still, in today's age, undervalue children. And so today, as we make a big deal of children, as we look at Mark chapter 10, my hope is that we might be encouraged to value children. Right? To do three things. I want us to welcome children, to value children, and even to learn from children. Right, so number one, welcome children. Verse 13, this is what we read. It says, and they, they is probably parents or older siblings. It says that they, the parents and siblings, were bringing children to Jesus, that Jesus might touch them and the disciples rebuked them. Now this idea of a rabbi or someone older touching and praying and blessing over a child is found way back in the Bible. We find it all the way in Genesis when Isaac, you know, blessed his children. And so the parents are bringing their children to Jesus in the hopes that, that he might pray for them and bless them. And we read here that the disciples, they were rebuking the parents and the siblings that were bringing their children. That word rebuke is a really strong word. This is the word when Jesus rebuked the demonic spirits. It's the word used to rebuke the opponents of God's will. Right? And here, the disciples, they're rebuking the parents, as you would an evil spirit. And it's because in their mind, number one, they know how busy Jesus is. They know how full his plate is. And in the list of all of the things that he could be doing, in the list of all of the people that he could be meeting, children were right at the bottom of that list. They would rather Jesus be with no one than to be with children. Right? He should just rest. And so they're rebuking these parents. How dare you bring these unvaluable, noisy, right, annoying children to Jesus. Right? That's their attitude. And then we hear what Jesus does. Verse 14. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant, and he said to them, let the children come to me, do not hinder them. 
If rebuke is a strong word, the word indignant is an even stronger word. It's made up of two, kind of in the Greek, it's two words put together. It's much to grieve. Much to grieve. And what Jesus saw gave him much to grieve. It stirred up an anger inside of him. The idea that children would be pushed away from him made him angry. It's the only time we find in the Bible that Jesus is described feeling with these words, feeling indignant. And it's because children are unwelcome to him. And this is what he says. Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. Right, going against what was culturally normal, Jesus opens his arms and he warmly welcomes the children to himself. Let them stay. Right, don't push them away. <laughs> you know, though Jesus was busy and he could have been doing a thousand other things with a thousand other people, though he could be spending his time with people who are much more wealthy or much more influential, Jesus wanted to spend that time with the children. He wanted the children to be able to come to him. Now for us adults, I think sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that church is for us. That church is about us. That's for the adults. And children are just like these like they're tag-alongs and we couldn't leave them at home by themselves because they're too young. And so I, I guess I had to bring them along. Some of us, if we're honest, we see children as burdens or a distraction. We wait impatiently for that time in the service when the presider says we're going to send the kids off and we clap enthusiastically as they go off. We're like, yes! You know, some of us parents are like, yes! And we send them off. We just don't want them here. As long as they're not here, just, I don't care where, us, where you are and what you're doing. So we send them off to, to babysitting. I, I, I mean, kids ministry. Right? But we really think of it as babysitting. And we just want to get them away. But that's not why we send the kids off to kids' ministry, if, if you don't know. Not to get rid of them. We send them to kids' ministry so we want them to have the best opportunity to hear about Jesus, to learn about Him, and to love Him. Children should be welcome in the church. And you and I, this is the challenge, that first we would welcome children into the church and into our lives. We open our hearts, we open our arms, and that we would welcome them here. Welcome the children in such a way that they would feel welcome, that they know that they are welcome here. And not just your favorite one, not just the child of your friend, not just the one who's nice or behaves well or is popular. Welcome them all, even the naughty ones. And even my son, <laughs> welcome them all. They should feel welcome. Greet them. Say hi. Give them high fives. They love high fives. Ask them questions. You know, sometimes I've, I find I do this. I, I, I'm talking to an adult and the child's like invisible. It's like I don't even say hi to them. It's like they don't even count. Right? But I think it's so important that we let them know that they are welcome and that we see them. You know, last week during announcements, even right now, last week during announcements, as I was giving announcements, one of the, the children walked right up to the front of the stage and was like staring at me. And, and I love that. I love that children feel comfortable here. As long as it's not dangerous, as long as it's not too distracting, I love that children feel at home at Kingsway. And they should because they are 
welcome here. A part of what we're doing today in infant baptism is that we're welcoming children. We're formally welcoming these seven children into this faith family, this visible church, Kingsway Evangelical Church. You know, in the Old Testament, infants were circumcised at a young age. It was their initiation right into the people of God. Right? And luckily for us, we're not in the Old Testament. We're in the New Covenant, so we don't circumcise, but we baptize infants as their initiation right into this physical gathering into God's visible church. And so that's what we're doing. We're going to welcome them into the church. This doesn't give salvation. It didn't save the children in the Old Testament. It doesn't save them today. You still need faith. But we are still welcoming them here into this body. That's the first thing we should do. Welcome children. The second thing I want to encourage us to do is to value children. When Jesus says, welcome the children, let them come to me, it wasn't out of pity. He wasn't saying, I know they're loud and a little annoying, but just let them stick around. It wasn't that. He truly valued them. Look at what he says. Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Children, he says, as much as you and I, as much as adults, belong to the kingdom. By saying this, Jesus is elevating the value of a child to be an equal participant of the kingdom as the disciples and as you and I. They are welcome here because they belong here. And they are as much a part of the visible church as any one of us today. Kingsway Evangelical Church is theirs as much as it is yours and mine. You know, I thought about it. Why do we undervalue children in the church? Why do we look down on them? Why do we think they're not that important? You know, back in the time of the disciples, as I mentioned, it's because children brought no contribution. They didn't bring anything to the table. And so until they reached adulthood and could work and actually contribute something, they had no value, right? No contribution, no value. The moment you begin to contribute, the mo- that's the moment you begin to have value. And I think maybe sometimes we think that way with children. They don't contribute anything, right? Like, did they set up the chairs? No. Instead, they run around and they bump and knock the chairs and misalign the careful chairs that we put in place. Did they prepare the singing and lead us into song? No, they didn't contribute that. Instead, they're screaming in the back while we're trying to sing and they're distracting us. Do they contribute financially to the running of the church? No. We're going to have a grazing table later. They did not financially contribute to that, but I bet you they'll be at the front of the line with the plates wanting wanting it to be filled. And they eat far more than their bellies should allow. They contribute nothing. They take everything. And I think that's why we give them so little value, because they don't contribute. And yet, Jesus still welcomes them. And somehow, though they make no contribution, Jesus says they are equally valuable. These noisy, needy children, Jesus says they are valuable to me. And this is important because it says something about Jesus. Right? That says more about Jesus than it does say anything about children. 
Our Jesus, our God is a God who values those who contribute very little. Right? Throughout the Bible, God never looked at people and said, because you've contributed something, I value you now. That's not how God works. God values us despite our lack of contribution. When God chose the people of Israel, He chose them not because they were better, not because they were smarter, not because they were holier. He chose them purely out of His generosity, His grace. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 7, when it describes why God chose His people, it says, It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set His love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all people. In God's eyes, contribution does not equal value. He values us because of His love and His grace. When Jesus chose His disciples, did He choose the best, the richest, the most influential? He didn't. And yet He still chose them. He welcomed them and He valued them because that is how our God works. And in your story and in mine, God did not value us because we were good or smart or better, because we contributed to the church, because we prayed, we read the Bible, we memorized Bible verses. That's not how God works. He values us because He is a generous and loving God. And so here in today's passage, Jesus does that to the children. He welcomes them and values them, despite their contribution or lack of it, because that is how God works. Regardless of how we might see the usefulness of children, and what they don't contribute. The challenge is that we might be like Jesus, that we too would welcome and value children as he values them and as he values us. And I'm so thankful in our church, we have uh, an amazing kids ministry. I'm so thankful to our kids director, uh, Sarah. So thankful to the core teachers and the helping hands who give up their time to teach the children about Jesus because they see value in them, though the children contribute so little. The only thing I think they contribute to the teachers' lives is, you know, pain and tears, you know, they got to carry them and they got to take care of them. That's their contribution. And yet they still welcome them and value them. And I'm so thankful to everyone who serves in our kids' ministry. And as we baptize the infants today, we're welcoming them, yes. But we're also saying you are equal, valuable participants of this church. You matter as much as any one of us, and you belong here as much as any one of us. And that is why we baptize children. We welcome them. We elevate their value to have a place in the church. And the third thing I challenge us to do is to learn from children. Jesus says this in verse 15, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. I don't know if you've noticed, but through every step, Jesus has just constantly elevated the importance of a child. The disciples said, children are so unimportant, they shouldn't even be here. But Jesus says, no, welcome them. They can be here. Then he takes the next step. They can't just be here, they belong here because they're equally valuable participants as much as you and I. They're equal to us, right? And now he says this, not only are they equal, but he elevates them and says, now you adults, you disciples, learn from them, right? Do you see that? Children are now, in a way, 
teachers. And he sets them as exemplary models that you and I should imitate. Not in every way, but in one very important way. Right? Isn't that interesting? We spend our lives telling children to be more like adults. And here Jesus tells the adults, in this way, you need to be more like a child. And so what is it? In what way shall we be like a child? You know, I always thought when I read this verse, childlike faith. I don't know if you've heard that term. I thought childlike faith was like innocence or purity or humility. But, you know, I don't think that's the case. You know, and as I read um, a bunch of uh, commentaries, you know, again, the culture didn't view children highly. They didn't view them as, you know, these great, innocent, pure children. And if you've had a child of your own, you know, children aren't innocent or pure Um, I read um, this week, they are little sinners, like we are big sinners. Children are wonderful. I love children, okay? I know know they made them sound bad. Children are great, and yet they're imperfect. We're all born sinners. They're little sinners. We're big sinners. What is it then that we should model from children? It's not what children have but it's what they lack that Jesus is pointing out. It's not that they have some characteristic or virtue. What Jesus is pointing to them is actually what we looked at before. Ironically, it's the reason why disciples look down on them that Jesus is now lifting them up. That which made them look unvaluable, Jesus says, is the value that they have. It is their lack of contribution that Jesus is saying, you and I should model. Children bring nothing. They are helpless, dependent, unable. And Jesus says that is what you and I must be like if we are to receive the kingdom of God. Their greatest value is that they have nothing. When the children came to Jesus, they didn't even bring themselves. In verse 13, it says they were bringing children. The parents or the siblings were bringing children. They are so incapable of coming to Jesus themselves that someone else had to bring them to Jesus. Children are helpless. And that is what you and I must be like. This is how we come to Jesus. Unable, with empty hands, dependent on the help of someone else. Just like children, when we come to Jesus, we come with nothing in our hands, nothing to boast about, nothing to say, this is why I'm good, nothing to say, this is why I should go to heaven, nothing to earn God's love. That is what we must learn from children. And what we're gonna see today as the the children come up onto stage, they're just gonna be carried up. They're not even gonna walk, they're gonna be carried up. They didn't sign up to this. They didn't fill out the form to get baptized. They didn't watch the videos that I forced the parents to watch. They were just like sleeping on the side while the parents were like, oh, I've got to watch this. They didn't dress themselves today. They didn't feed themselves. They didn't drive them here. They're not going to carry themselves up here. They're not even going to baptize themselves. They're getting baptized. Children, like they bring nothing. They contribute nothing. And you and I might wonder, they're bringing nothing to make themselves baptized. Should they be baptized? And the answer is a resounding yes. Because that's the model of what salvation should look like. Where we bring nothing, we contribute nothing, and we are completely dependent on God. 
It doesn't matter if you're three months as an infant, three years, a child, or three decades of an adult. Every single person who stands up here, adult or infant, we stand up here not because of what we've done. We stand up here because of what God has done and what God will do. We stand up here not because we've done things to bring ourselves before God. We stand up here because God has brought ourselves, us to Him. He has welcomed us and He has turned our hearts. We do not save ourselves. We are completely and utterly dependent on God to save. And that is what's on display today. As the children are being baptized, we should learn that kind of helplessness and dependence on God and God alone. And so, Baptism Sunday, seven infants being baptized. I hope it was a good reminder to you of at least three things that you and I should do when we come to children. And hopefully it explains some parts of what we're doing today. That we're welcoming children formally through infant baptism, and that's what you and I should do as a church, welcome children. That we value children as equal participants of the church, and that's how we should see all the children here. And that there is indeed something to learn from them, even as they make their way, or don't make their own way, up onto stage. We too are helpless in this way. I want to invite us to close our eyes and just to spend a short time in prayer. I want us to do two things, and the first is to pray for yourself. Just the things that were um, shared today. And maybe it is that God would soften your heart and open it to the children at Kingsway, that you would learn to love them and welcome them and value them and be more like them. And the second thing, would you just pray a short prayer for the infants being baptized? And this doesn't save them, but it does welcome them into the best place where they might meet Jesus. And would you just lift them up to God, that God would bring them to himself, uh, that God would save them. And so let's pray this short prayer, and I'll pray for us. Let's pray. Yes, God, we just want to ask that you would work in our hearts by your spirit, and that you would help us as a church to...